Coming up, Ararat is back in lockdown. Students recommence remote learning as Victorians are told to stay home. Heartbreak for more loved up couples who just want to tie the knot. Ararat College launches its alumni program and the tips you need to stay mentally healthy throughout Isolation 2.0. You're listening to Ararat's Latest with local journalist Jack Ward. Hello and welcome. My hope for better news at the beginning of the last episode must have fallen on deaf ears. Stage 3 restrictions have returned for regional Victoria and Melbourne has been placed into Stage 4 in an effort to suppress the virus. It's hard to comprehend how quickly this situation can change. The return to lockdown will once again have repercussions for local business and the future of many stores, but Ararat is far from the epicentre. I watched a short five-minute video posted on the Royal Melbourne Hospital Facebook page this week and it really opened my eyes to the harsh reality our nurses and doctors are facing. Today, our case numbers were down to 394, but sadly, another 17 people lost their lives. Headlines locally this week. A layer of snow covered parts of the Ararat district on Tuesday as the mercury hovered near freezing. Snow fell around Lake Bolac, Minanera, Tatiyoon, Beaufort, and up on Mount Cole and Mount William, where it remained late Tuesday afternoon. There were some fantastic pics in Friday's Advocate, if you managed to check those out. Ararat Meat Exports will scale back production by a third from this week, resulting in probable job losses. Operator Michael Stapleton told Tammy Munro that jobs would go under blanket rules imposed on abattoirs by the state government this week. The Ararat Abattoir employs 300 people and specialises in export of mutton and lamb. Lastly, the Ararat branch of the NAB Bank will reduce its operating hours from Monday the 17th of August as part of an overhaul of small regional branches. Under the new model, NAB will adjust operating hours across 114 smaller branches, with bankers splitting their time between over-the-counter service and digital or phone banking support. The Ararat branch's new operating hours will be from 9.30am to 12.30pm weekdays. Coming up, wedding bells fall silent as more special days are thrown into disarray. But first, remote learning return for all year levels across the state on Wednesday and one Rimney family has the university qualifications to handle it. Secondary school teachers Anna and Andy Reynolds will be assisting three of their four children throughout the next six weeks whilst teaching their own classes at Ararat College. Anna joins me now. Anna, were, what were your initial thoughts when Daniel Andrews announced a return to remote learning? Well, we were just kind of waiting for it to happen. We kind of were expecting that it would. So I suppose last time it was a lot of unknowns, um, whereas this time we know we knew what was going to be expected, I suppose. So day-to-day in your household, how, do you, how does remote learning work? Is it, is it a hard thing to muster everyone to get onto task? Um, well, I know that every day will be different depending on how the kids are feeling and, of course, how Andy and I are feeling. But we try and approach it that, you know, it's like any other day going to school. They get up, they have, you know, breakfast and get dressed and get their, you know, normal morning jobs that they would normally do before school done. And then we don't actually make them wait until a certain time to start if they're ready to learn at 8 o'clock or 8.30. Um, We let them start their day 
And of course, you and Andy are both teachers. Do you think that assists a little bit? Um, I think so. Um, it can probably be a bit of a double-edged sword. I know last time going into this one, our expectations are a lot lower for what we expect our kids to do because last time I think we thought that they had to have everything completed and completed really well and properly, whereas this time it's definitely we're backing off and letting them complete the stuff pretty much solo as they would normally do and just offer help and assistance where needed. They're saying six weeks at this stage. Are you going to get to the other side all right, do you think? Um, I think so. And, you know, having lower expectations this time as well. And I kind of get the vibe that the teachers realise that this is not going to be all bad at the end. Like, that, that, you know, the students are still going to be able to learn. But I think this time starting off, there's a more positive, happier vibe and a more vibe about creating more engaging and happier content for the kids to actually do. And of course, not every parent's lucky enough to have that sort of teaching background that you two have. What would your advice be to someone who might be struggling a little bit at home, seeing as you do have that that extra little bit of support? Um, well, each kid's different and every parent knows their child more than anyone else. And I think they just need to use their gut instinct and back themselves and, you know, do what they know is going to keep their household as happy as it can be. And to also utilise the school still so everyone's still available to be contacted for help and support, whether they need help with education or other support. 2020 has been a year of cancellations and the return to Stage 3 restrictions has caused more headaches for couples wanting to tie the knot. Stage 3 means a couple can only hold a wedding with five attendees, including themselves and the celebrant. But with mandatory mask wearing, many are postponing completely to avoid the COVID-19 impact. Well, Laura's Belinda Baclay was planning to marry her partner Lachlan in October, with 180 guests on his parents' farm near Inverlay. The quick thinkers made the decision to hold a ceremony in May, and now they're thanking their lucky stars. I had a chat with Belinda during the week. We're going into the first stage of lockdown, and um, my husband's dad said to, said to us, he just said, look, I just can't see you guys having... Um, having this wedding, like the wedding you wanted to this year in October. So then we sort of sat down and um, we thought, well, it could get worse and we might not even be able to get married at all. So we thought, well, while we can still have some people, we may as well just do it. Well, what were the restrictions like then? It's hard to remember. They've changed so quickly. we were pretty lucky. So it was actually down to... I think it was five, and that included the celebrant and the photographer. Literally, I think it was, I reckon it was about a week beforehand or a couple of days before they changed the restrictions to, it was 13 people all up. I think it was 10 people plus celebrant. Might have been 14. So I guess looking at the restrictions now that are being imposed again and, you know, back to five for a wedding, it's coming up to October. You must be glad that you decided to, to do it early. Yes, yes, we are. The situation is very different for those who didn't bring their special day forward or instead pushed it back. Wedding photographer Justine Misson has been riding the restrictions roller coaster and says her client base has practically dried up. Uh, I think along with everyone, the beginning was really stressful. No one knew what any of it meant. Um, no one knew what it meant for their businesses. But I think 
once um, the sort of assistance started kicking in, like JobKeeper and and things like that, and once we knew what the rules actually were um, and there wasn't so much uncertainty, um, it was a lot easier. still really stressful for couples planning weddings, obviously, and my inbox was a really scary place for a while there. Um, but I think once um, once the numbers started to get under control and things like that, people felt a lot more confident with going ahead with planning their weddings or, you know, scaling back if they needed to. But now it's, I feel like we're back at that same place again, but it's even worse now. So, yeah, I don't know, feeling a little bit vulnerable the last couple of days, I think, and I think my couples really are too. But I think everyone's sort of on the same page. It's like, you know, if we knuckle down and get this done, we'll get some sort of semblance of normal life again soon. And, you know, we might see grandmas on the dance floor again, hopefully sooner rather than later. But yeah, definitely it's stressful, but I, I don't know, we're all in it together and our community is really good, I think. Yeah, just trying to trying to stay positive and be a ray of sunshine for people who are freaking out out there. Miss Misson said she should have had two weddings to photograph within the next six weeks for couples that were still holding on to hope. She said the new restrictions around mask wearing had really been the final straw. Yeah, there's like no getting around the mask rule or anything like that. You can still have a wedding, but not many people want to have their portraits taken with their faces covered. A lot of people are, are frightened. Yeah, they don't, at this point in time, they have no idea what it means. Um, I still had a lot of people sort of trying to trying to do October weddings. I think I had about six booked in because a lot of people had sort of moved from there from like March. They're really holding on hope because they just, at the end of the day, like they really just want to be married. That's what's important to them. The wedding photographer has also felt the financial burden of postponements and cancellations. She says the government benefits such as JobKeeper have been integral, but not enough. I was a little bit disappointed that sole traders miss out on the $5,000 business grant. Again, they missed out in Melbourne and now they're going to miss out in regional Victoria by the looks of things. But I think um, in the presser yesterday, um, the Premier said that he would look at other options. So, yeah, I'm just sort of waiting to hear, hopefully, some positive news because JobKeeper has been absolutely amazing, but it's not enough to, um, you know, run a business and also keep our household going as well. The wedding industry, one of many struggling at the moment, especially in the Grampians, which is such a loved location, as we know, for saying I do. Next, Arak College is calling on past students to join their new alumni database. I'll have the details. You are the story. If you have an issue or event, get in contact. You, the listener, are the heart of Arat's Latest. So send me a message or email aratslatest at gmail.com if you have a news tip or an issue you want explored. Together we can get the answers, shine a light on local achievements and ensure everyone stays informed with what matters in our community. Ararat College is seeking interest from past students to join their new alumni database designed to increase aspiration levels amongst students. The secondary school is wanting to hear what ex-students have gone on to do once completing their high schooling to help inspire current students about the possibilities after life in the classroom. I spoke with the school's acting assistant principal, Emma Henry, about the initiative. At the moment, I'm just creating a database um, of any alumni that are around and want to um, have some input to the database. What the goal of the program will be to uh, create awareness um, of some of these fantastic things that past students from our college have moved on to, and then using that information to help inspire our current students. So give them um, 
sometimes we lose touch with some people who have gone through and done really amazing things within their field. And sometimes students, when they're at school, um, are unaware of the possibilities that are out there in the world. So by getting some of our past students to fill in this form um, and we know where they're at and what they're doing means we can assist our current students in their career pathways and um, hopefully you know, link them in with some of these past students and talk about their, their journey and their pathways and um, how basically everyone's done something different. Um, but they've all gotten to some really great classes. Is that what's initiated this is the hope to create further aspirations with students? Yeah, obviously yeah. we're all aware that the aspiration levels in our RAD are low. Um, and so looking at different ways that we can try to increase that amongst our students, that was um, one way that has you know, worked previously in other areas. So we thought, let's try this and see how it goes. You know, generally when we talk about um, career pathways with our students, we'll say, you know, you'll finish year 12, um, you'll go to university and you'll get a job and then that will be when you fill in your alumni form and that's not necessarily what we're after. They're great stories too, but they are our, that's, that's a generic kind of pathway that we're, we are aware of, um, but we also love to hear different stories too. So, you know, it's great to hear people who may have um, you know for a number of different reasons dropped out of school middle of the year went back and did an adult learning course and have then gone to uni got a degree and now doing their dream job or you know they may have started an apprenticeship during year 10 or 11 or 12 and then have gone on to further study or you know LinkedIn internationally mm. and doing you know many great things that are slightly different from our you know stock standard kind of pathway that we think about when we think about further study. If you're a former student of ARAC College or former school structures you can find the alumni form on the school's website and or Facebook page. Mental health organisations have raised concerns following the new restrictions introduced across Victoria. Lifeline Australia has pleaded with Victorians to reach out to Lifeline to speak to a crisis supporter as the weight of new and stricter lockdown rules impacts people's mental health. Supporting ARAT will be moving online with a number of webinars planned by Resilient ARAT in the coming weeks and months to assist the community. Central Grampians Local Learning and Employment Network Youth Project Officer Jane Moriarty manages Resilient ARAT and she shared some of the work they are focusing on in the coming weeks. What we're um, looking at doing is some um, online um, webinars and a couple of different things through social media as well. So um, people can just stay tuned. We're obviously, like everyone, adapting a little bit just at the moment this week, but looking to book those in and get that information out to the community as soon as possible. We have had a bit of a focus on local business. We, that probably will be a little bit broader now and looking at individual wellbeing, especially in a town like ours, a lot of um, the small businesses are owner operated as well. So don't necessarily have the structures in place like larger organisations with um, EAPs and support services. So it's really important to look after your individual mental health and wellbeing as well. My mum and local mindfulness and meditation teacher, Megan Ward, has been working with Resilient ARAT in recent months and will continue to do so during this period of restrictions. She'll be holding webinars with locals, businesses and schools to share her mindful knowledge. I convinced her to share some tips with me as well. Take a listen. I think it's a perfect time for, um, for the Resilient Project to have come to ARAT. And it's great that we're being able to continue this work as a community and I've been really excited to be able to be on board with this stuff because the sessions have really um, shown me, I guess, that people have a keenness to understand about resilience and about their 
personal health and well-being and what they can be doing to try and work in that area and I think a lot of people have realized that resilience is something that we learn and if we're not necessarily that resilient now it doesn't mean that we can't get better at it and be more resilient um, by using some tools and implementing some different strategies to help us with that. What are some of those strategies that people can be looking at to look after themselves and make sure themselves and their family doing all right at this time? So I think with mindfulness, especially it's important to understand, I guess, what mindfulness is. And it's about obviously paying attention um, on purpose to what's happening um, with your experiences in the moment. And with that, we get better at recognising and understanding our own personal signals, perhaps, that tell us that we're not travelling so well. Um, and that's when we can start implementing some of those tips and tools and strategies that might help ourselves and those other people that are close to us and our families. And we can practice mindfulness formally um, through seated meditations and more formal type meditations. And some people are into that type of thing, but we can practice mindfulness informally as well, as well, just through our everyday activities. It shouldn't be something extra that people have to feel like they're struggling to find time to fit into their daily activities you don't have to sit down and formally meditate to be mindful um, that's certainly a great activity if you can do that but um, we can be very mindful just by incorporating it into our day-to-day -day activities and everything else that we do in our lives some great advice there from mum and she's just launched the ultimate guide to surviving and thriving in a pandemic it's a guide with everything you need to know about using mindfulness to find calm and clarity in the chaos you can head to her website, visit meganward.com.au forward slash ultimate guide for the free download. And remember, if you need support, please do call Lifeline on 13 11 14. This week's Your Say poll question was, is there enough mental health support locally to assist residents through lockdown 2.0? More than 140 people voted, 18% said there is enough support, whilst 82% said there is not. Coincidentally, the Victorian Government announced today that the state's mental health system will receive nearly $60 million in an additional boost to get more Victorian support when they need it. The Government said it will strengthen the surge capacity of clinical and community mental health services across Victoria to cope with additional presentations and reduce pressure on hospital emergency departments. It will also fast-track delivery of more than new public health acute mental health beds recommended by the Royal Commission into Victoria's mental health system. It will boost community mental health services and accelerate the statewide rollout of hospital outreach post-suicide suicidal engagement program. It's important to mention that if you or someone you know needs help, you can call Lifeline Australia, that number again, 13 11 14, or call Beyond Blue on 1800 512 348 or Kids Helpline on 1800 55 1800. Staff at the Ararat YMCA out-of-school hours care program are now equipped with an AED defibrillator to ensure the safety of children in the worst circumstances. Pete McMahon from First Aid Training Group visited staff to deliver the new piece of equipment and update them on how to use the device. Service coordinator Tanya Charlesworth said staff had already undergone training during their certificate courses, but the walkthrough on how to operate the machine was an important refresher. God forbid, I hope I never, ever have to use it. <laughs> We all hope that, but it's good to know that it's there and that we've got the backup that if we need it, we can use it and it's available for the whole school community, not just us too. 
it's going to be registered on the Ambulance Victoria database so that anybody who rings triple zero will have, they have a database apparently that allows, if you ring triple zero, they can say, oh, there's a defib machine at this address. Can you get to it, get somebody to go to it? Mm -hmm. So the likes of Marion or St Mary's or just anywhere in that area, if they can get to our school, and it'll have the hours that we're open so that they can know that they can get into the room. But it also allows ambulance support to direct someone to that DCIP machine if they can get to it quicker than what the ambulance can get to them. Lastly today, beauty therapists have shut their doors once more, but Kay Pointer says her business will come out the other side stronger than ever. The long-time business owner joins me now. Kay, it's been a changing landscape in regards to restrictions. Did you expect to be closing down again just months after reopening? Uh, had had an inkling that it may happen. And so when we came back in, we hit the ground running, basically. We did a lot of preparation while we were closed down and had the clients in and rescheduled them. So the wheel was really turning and going along really well. I would like to put some more staff on, but just that time, did more hours myself knowing that this may happen. And look, it's not our fault in regional Victoria. It's unfortunate that it's, um, you know, it's happened from the city and from people not, not doing as they're told that this has happened, but we all have to pay the price. Yeah, I guess that's right for you. As a small business in regional Victoria here in Ara, we have one active case and we've hardly had any cases here at all. But seeing people and the amount of people, I mean, in the press conference today, 800 people not at home when they've been to check on and they're positive to the virus and that's impacting your life, your business. How do you feel about that? Well, I guess you, uh, you can see why people feel angry towards those that aren't doing the right thing, whether it's... Um, their religion, their race, or they think that it's their entitlement, I'm not sure. But we're all part of our community and for us, keeping our community safe. Really, that's what we're about. It's not about um, what's happening in the city. We've just got to look after ourselves. You have to close, of course, um, to in, re- in line with restrictions. What does that mean for your staff? Well, lucky that we had uh, in round one, we saw the job keeper. We've you know, we've done all the paperwork, we've done all the legislation, we've done all the, you know, legal side of things. So for us, that still runs and still continues and they will be supported. For those that are homeschooling, then obviously I can't expect very much of them. And so it basically falls back on me to keep the click and collect going, uh, keep the continuity with your clients, whether it be via Facebook or phone or Zoom, depending on what they want to do. Uh, look, I just think I'm lucky that I come from a nursing background. So from the very beginning, we had implemented wearing masks, taking temperatures, doing paperwork and having um, hand sanitizer in place. We share the building with a chiropractor. So she's allied health. She doesn't have to close. Uh, but unfortunately, we do. But my staff will be supported going forward and uh, we're just going to do the best we can to come out the other end of it. The impact on businesses is quite large and there's so, so much talk about will businesses come out the other side, will they not? Are you confident that you'll be, you'll be back after all this is, all, all this oh, is done? Look, after being in business for this long and having been through a recession as well, and that's probably one of the reasons I did more hours and I sat tight, so that we can come out the other side.
So we'll utilise this time. We're going to upgrade our website. We'll be changing a few things in salon, so we'll be keeping busy. Um, but, yeah, we'll be back out the other side stronger than ever. As we say, we've hit the pause button again, and uh, we'll come out the other side of this. What a great message to end the show. Thank you for joining me. Remember, if you have a story, please do get in touch via social media or email me at rratslatest at gmail.com. All past episodes are available on your favourite podcasting app. This was Arat's Latest. Latest.